This is a subject I've wanted to address for some time. I see some irony in the work I do with couples or with individuals when it comes to abuse. Often, not always, people who are in a relationship with a truly abusive person do not realize it. And on the other hand, couples who are in a high conflict sort of situation, but not abusive, they often label the other person as abusive. When they're not really an abusive person, although they may relate to or use abusive tactics from time to time. So the abuse word gets abused itself sometimes, and other times when it should be used, it's not. So I hope we can provide some clarity today just by going through some of these emotionally abusive behaviors. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have an educational episode for you this week. It's episode number 278, and today we're going to define abusive behavior. Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last episode, we revealed what you need to look for to know if you can trust your spouse again after betrayal. Definitely worth going back and checking out. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. And as always, if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice, and most of all, we offer hope. All right, Philinda, let's talk about abusive behaviors. Okay. Okay, so one distinction I like to make right off the bat is that probably all of us, at some time, like at some point, we've resorted to using one or more of the abusive tactics that we're going to discuss in this episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a difference between bad behavior, where you use an abusive behavior, mm-hmm. and a more fundamental problem of being an abusive person or an abusive spouse specifically. So the latter is more of like a characterological issue. It's a way of seeing your intimate partner all the time as someone to be controlled, dominated, manipulated, to serve you as less than you, Okay. that kind of things. But on the other hand, many of us in conflict, and I'm not justifying this, but we may use some abusive tactics. And so that's not acceptable either, but it's nowhere near the scale of severity compared to a spouse who faces a characterologically abusive person every day. Okay. In an abusive marriage, there's a cycle of abuse that's always happening. Oh, okay. But it may just be that our marriage is normal. Yeah. There's no cycle in that sense. But when we get into conflict, I might use unpredictability, which is something we're going to talk about, or or blame is going to be an abusive tactic that we're talking about, right? Okay. So that's bad too, but that's not the same level of bad as or problematic, right? Yeah. So we talk about being in an abusive marriage in episodes 123, 124, and 125. Mm-hmm. So you can get to those on our website at oif.link slash 123 if you're listening today. That's the first one, 123. But generally, abusive behavior can be verbal, emotional, and or physical. And in this episode, we're focusing on emotionally abusive behaviors, okay. which can include things like verbal assault, dominance, control, isolation, ridicule, or the use of intimate knowledge for degradation. It's the kind of abuse that targets the emotional and psychological well-being of the victim in order to gain power over, and it's often a precursor to physical abuse. Not always. That's quite a list. Yeah. So some types of physical behavior also can be considered emotional abuse in that they involve acts of physical violence, even though the victim's never physically impacted. 
That's a little tricky. So throwing objects. Oh, like breaking things. Past you. Breaking things, kicking a wall, shaking a fist or a finger at the victim, driving recklessly while the other person is in the car. Shaking a finger at someone is considered abusive? Well, if you're right up in your face and it's threatening and aggressive and it's intended Uh, to cower the other person into submission, absolutely, yeah. Okay. This is not wagging your finger at the kid for not feeding the dog. Okay. Yeah, we're talking about something more severe. Okay. Or threatening to uh, destroy objects that the victim values. That's another example. So these are things where it's physical, but the person never physically is touched. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Yep. 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 So it's emotionally abusive. Yeah. In that sense. All right. So I just have, it's quite a list here for Linda, as we were saying before we started recording. So I think I'm just going to kind of plow through the list and you clarify as we go or- I'll listen. Chip in. Is that okay? Yep. Okay, so this is going to be a list of emotionally abusive behaviors. So the first one we want to talk about is gaslighting. So according to Paige Sweet, someone who is an expert in this area, gaslighting is a type of psychological abuse that's aimed at making victims seem or feel crazy or creating a surreal interpersonal environment. Like, is this even real? It's disorientating is what I gaslighting is. surreal was like a lovely thing. Well, Like the evening was surreal. Ah, uh, yes, it could be. That means it's so good it didn't seem real. But this is like so bad it didn't seem real. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is more of a gendered phenomenon. It occurs in power-laden intimate relationships where the wife is dependent upon the husband. So he brings the social and economic capital to the relationship. He has the big Mm. friends, the big job, that kind of thing. Okay. And often happens and promotes the idea that women are overly emotional, that they're irrational, they're not in control of their emotions. That's not the way it happened, honey. You don't Mm. get it. Okay. So what it looks like is spouses who gaslight will often do what we call flip the script. That's a basic tactic. So whatever actually happened, they'll say something else happened. You heard them say X, Y, Z. They'll deny saying it all or tell you that it was actually Z, Y, X. And you must be losing it or like you can't trust your memory if you can't even get that right. But wouldn't you actually remember what they said? Yeah, but when there's no other witness and this person is doing it to you constantly, it erodes your sense of self-trust. Oh, okay, okay. So there's lots of lies about what was said, what actually happened, who did what. Mm-hmm. And it's usually more subtle than blatant often as well. So Like it doesn't even have to be a harsh thing. Like, oh, I didn't say that. Right. And just switch it around. Yeah. Hmm. Another tactic is to use your insecurities against you. So you're worried maybe because he didn't come home last night. Well, that's your own foolish paranoia. Like who mm-hmm. freaks out about that in a marriage? Like, why are you so paranoid? I would. Right. But I'm just giving the example. Oh. So rather than being willing to be accountable, right, the emphasis is placed on what's wrong with you and why you're upset over this in order to remove the spotlight from the abusive person. Okay. Hmm. So another example of gaslighting is a constant challenging of past events. And again, like couples in conflict often disagree on the details of what happened, but this is like an extreme constant rewriting of past history that leaves you bewildered and disorientated. Okay. And another example, like if your belief that his behavior is wrong is turned around on you and you're being blamed for being too emotional or for having inappropriate thoughts yourself or for being hormonal or just being crazy that you would think that, right? Now, one startling thing I learned from this is that studies have shown that some women preferred physical to psychological abuse. Wow. And would sometimes even provoke physical violence from their husband to avoid being called crazy. 
Like when this really is very powerful in an abusive context, it really messes with your head. Mm-hmm. Like it's really hard on the, the victim of this kind of behavior. Yeah. Because then like wouldn't you start to doubt yourself in any situation? Yes. Like I can't remember yeah. the details. or Yeah. And when I've spoken to a woman coming out of this kind of context, like they're very disorientated. They don't know. Like it's almost like their magnetic compass doesn't work. It just spins on the dial. Mm. They don't know where true north is anymore. Okay. Or what okay. the facts are or what's real or is it just me or like they're so bewildered because this has been so steady. Hmm. Okay. So that's gaslighting. Okay. Now, another abusive behavior is unpredictability. And abusive people may seem to make situations chaotic for no other reason than to keep the other person in check or on edge or sort of hanging on them to control what's happening. But then wouldn't you live in chaos all the time? Like even the abuser? Well, no, because they're prompting it. So, so they feel like everything's stable for them and they're just causing the chaos around yeah. them. Okay, okay. They're in control. Oh, okay. So they may show or you know put on a drastic mood swing, such as going from being very affectionate to full of rage and breaking things. Or they may there may be emotional outbursts that they create And again, it kind of keeps you dancing on edge and sort of taking care of them, that kind of thing. Starting arguments for seemingly no reason. Self-contradiction, like making a statement that contradicts the one that they just said. That can again be very disorientating. Mm -hmm. And then there's something wrong with you for not following. Um, They can act two-faced, such as being charming in public, but completely changing the minute they get home. So like they're two different people. Mm -hmm. Okay. And again, like this is an emotional tactic to keep a person on edge, the other partner on edge and ungrounded so that the power and control remains with the person who's acting this way. Okay. So unpredictability is something to watch for. So you start to see, Verlinda, like as you get into this stuff, like things that are this severe are not what most people are doing when they're in conflict. Like when normal people get their ugly on, it's not like this. Like this is another level of... Right. And then as you said, like this is like an all the time cycle. Yes, it's consistent. This isn't just like you're having a fight about the right. dog and you yell yeah. or have a meltdown or something. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So what else? Uh, isolation tactics is the third behavior we wanted to pull out. It's a form of emotional abuse that includes such behaviors like restricting a person's contact with family and friends or even physically confining a person. Like locking them up or holding them down? What do you mean? Uh, blocking a doorway so they can't leave. Oh, okay. Isolation aims to undermine the victim's life and also their identity outside of that relationship. So you only exist as a person in here. Okay. And to foster a sense of dependency. So like to make one, you dependent on them. Yep. And sometimes this like can happen geographically. Like one thing I would encourage people to be cautious about is just be cautious about being whisked away in a long distance relationship, for example. Or even you get married and then very soon after, like there's it's to the other side of the country kind of thing. Now, sometimes this happens in normal marriages too. Yeah. But I just noted that there's times where like you're compelled to abandon basically your education. You should be a stay-at-home mom only and or your career that you're very well established in. And we're going to leave all of your family and friends. And I'm going to take you to a place where you're all by yourself and alone. Mm. And it's really kind of pinned as this great thing, right? And this is tricky. But it might be. Well, for some people it is, and they both want to do it. But just, yeah. you know, if that's happening and there's other of these signs going on, that's when you really want to be cautious. Okay. So I'm not okay. saying that every time a couple moves, it's because the husband's abusive. Yeah. But this is a way to isolate a person, right? So that they can be controlled and they don't have that support network around them. And I've seen this happen. Okay. Yeah. Huh. To very professional, intelligent 
women. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Criticism and blaming is another isolation tactic. Uh, so like if you turn a person that. against their support network, so I just poison you towards all the people that would support you. So you want to watch if your spouse villainizes your family and friends extensively and broadly so that you end up feeling very alone. That's mm. an isolation tactic. That's an abusive behavior. Okay. Sometimes we have an unhealthy relationship with a difficult family member. Yeah. And that's okay, but we're looking for something that's happening like broadly pattern. that leaves you isolated, not just we're talking about, you know, you need to kind of wake up with what's going on with this one parent or sibling or whatever. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I remember when I was a kid, there was a family that we were associated with and their daughter was whisked away. Uh, I'm pretty sure she married the guy, but like pretty much never spoke to her parents again. Wouldn't She wasn't allowed to... Hmm have them know where she was mm-hmm. or anything. Mm-hmm. So you could see the isolation yeah. tactic happening there. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. So the fourth one. So we, yeah. I just, I find this one difficult though, because like how as the parent, for example, of your daughter who just got whisked away across the country, how do you know the difference between whether she would want that and she doesn't want anything to do with you or she's in an abusive relationship and she needs rescued? Well, you're watching for a constellation of behaviors. Versus just this by itself, Okay. first of all. And then the second thing is like the whole parental response to an abusive situation is, that's kind of another topic, but um, Mm, you don't want to be, you don't want to take over control from the controller. You want to empower your daughter or sometimes your son to make wise decisions that are in support of their own personhood, if I can put it that way. Yeah. So there's a lot we could talk about there, but. Right. Okay. It's a big topic. Yeah. All right, we, what are we on? Number four? So another emotionally abusive behavior is avoiding responsibility for what the abuser does that's unacceptable. So extreme manipulators may even recruit friends or law officers or court officials, even the victim's family to their side and shift blame to the victim in an attempt to avoid responsibility for unacceptable behavior. They might deny the violence or the abuse or rationalize it or tend to use these kinds of, or certain kinds of defensive like this, like total outright denial. It never happened. You're just imagining it. You want to hurt me. You're accusing me of this. Oh, so they've turned it totally backwards. Yes. There's another technique called an alloplastic defense, which is like saying it was your fault. Your behavior provoked me into such reactions. So if you didn't do this, I wouldn't get so mad. Wow. We talked in other episodes about the fundamental attribution error where if I do something wrong, I'm just a victim of my circumstances, mm-hmm. but you do something wrong. It's because there's something wrong with your character. Mm-hmm. So that taken to an extreme is this alloplastic defense, which is a tactic for avoiding taking responsibility for your own unacceptable behavior. Okay. Yeah. Another one which is really tricky is, you know, I did this for you in your best interests. I'm taking you away from all your family and friends so that you're going to be a better person. So you so I can help you. Or a transformative defense, which is like what I did to you, that's a common and accepted behavior. No, no, no. Like in this part of Canada or America, like everybody slaps their wife when Mm. they don't do it. Like it's normal here. So don't, like, why are you freaking out? What's your problem? Okay. Right? Do you know what? Going through these, I'm feeling like I'm being smothered. Yeah, you can feel the the oppression that comes out of... Yeah, and you'd be so like how, oh, it, it never actually happened. 
Yeah. Like I'm imagining this. Yeah. Like it would be so turn you upside down. Yeah. I actually uh, recently came across not a client case, but heard of a case where he was having an affair and the affair partner reached out to the wife and his defense was the total outright denial. No, no, it wasn't. um, Hang on a sec. I think it was like the total outright denial where it was basically saying, why would someone do this to our family where they'd want to attack our marriage in this way, out of the blue? Like, hmm. So he allied with the wife and got her to think that they were victims of this person that he didn't know either. Meanwhile, he's having an affair with the woman. Oh, so that's an, a, an attempt to, like there's gaslighting in there. There's all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. layered into that kind mm-hmm. of response, right? Okay. Now, again, in the, so this is a hard topic. Mm-hmm. You're feeling that, right? Yeah, I am yeah. feeling it. Keep in mind, too, that in this context where there's avoidance of responsibility, perpetrators, they're often very concerned with their outside reputation and their image in the community amongst neighbors, colleagues, coworkers, bosses, friends, extended family. So they will kind of use certain particular forms of denial to protect themselves or to defend or minimize or avoid responsibility for their unacceptable behavior. So another one is to use family honor stricture, which is like saying, we don't air dirty laundry publicly. So mm-hmm. our family's honor must be preserved, our reputation. Like what will the neighbors say if you tell them that this happened, that we had this fight? Okay. And so that's a family honor approach. And then there's the family function thing. If you snitch and inform the authorities, they're going to take me away. And then like, what are you going to do? This whole family is going to come unglued. I'm your only source of income. Mm. Wow. Okay. So that's a way of avoiding responsibility by using outside or referring to outside influences, right? Yeah. So once again, we have a bonus guide for this episode. Uh, This one's actually an assessment. We know that part of the crazy making behavior of abuse, it leaves a person uncertain if they're really experiencing the abuse or not. So perhaps you've been blamed for the behavior that's happening, for the abuse that's been happening. Mm -hmm. Well, assessments are a good way of having an objective measure of what you're experiencing, just like a, a neutral voice. So today's guide is an assessment of intimate partner abuse. And if you think you may be in this situation, I would encourage you to download this. Normally the guides that we have for our podcast are only for paying patrons, but this assessment is available for free on our Patreon page to anyone who'd like to download it there. But we'll just take a quick 60 second break here to tell you more about our Patreon program. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive, and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible, and to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about avoiding responsibility as another emotionally abusive tactic. Another one is deliberate accidents for Linda. So a spouse can abuse their power over you in some fashion by like forgetting to mail your power bills so that your power is turned off. It's a deliberate accident. Yeah, but I might forget that. Well, but you're not doing it to establish power and control. Oh, okay. Catching something on the stove 
or not catching something on the stove from burning. Like they see that you're distracted, they let it burn, so then you can be made to feel inferior for burning supper. That's just mean. It is. There is there is cruelty and abuse for sure. Okay. Another one is so that was deliberate allowing deliberate accidents. Mm-hmm. Control is a good one. So I'm just going to list off a bunch of signs of control: making demands or orders and expecting them to be fulfilled, mm-hmm. making all decisions, even canceling your plans without asking, huh. monitoring your whereabouts, insisting on regular calls, texts, or pictures detailing where you are. And even sometimes showing up to those places to make sure you're not lying. Mm-hmm. Requiring immediate responses from calls or texts, like you have to be available to me immediately all the time. Okay. Exerting financial control over you, keeping accounts in, in their own name or only giving you an allowance, like limiting your access to funds. Mm-hmm. Spying by going through your phone, checking your internet history, looking through your communication with others. Now, these same behaviors, a lot of these occur when there has been a betrayal. I was just going to say that. We talked <laughs> about these so much last time. Yes, yeah. But that's a need to reestablish safety after a break in trust. It can lead to some of the same behaviors. So you want to take this again with the whole list of everything that we're talking about Okay, today. yeah. Demanding passwords for your phone, social media accounts, that kind of thing. So it's really taking away privacy independence, right? Mm-hmm. Belittling you by treating you as if you're a child, telling you what to eat, telling you what to wear, telling you where you can go. Yelling, used as a scare tactic um, to let you know that they're in control, like they're intimidating you into a submissive position. Using your fears to control you. Abusive people often manipulate a person's fears to control them. Hmm. Withholding affection. So punishing you for bad behavior by withholding affection or making you feel that you're undeserving of love. Hmm. Giving excessive gifts can be a control tactic with the implication that they might disappear at any time or as a reminder that they would lose if those gifts if you left the relationship. Oh, okay. So that's another control tactic as well. Blame, shifting now from control. So playing the victim, this is an interesting one. So the abusive person may try to turn the tables on the other person by blaming them for the issues that the abusive person has not dealt with. So it's accusing the actual victim of being the abusive one in the relationship. How would they manage that? Pushing you until you're angry enough to have an outburst at me and then saying like you're verbally and emotionally abusive to Towards me, and therefore you need to modify your behavior. Now I'm back in control, right? Because mm. I've pushed you out of control, wow. and I've blamed you for doing that. So this, okay. co- along with this, is just that idea of egging the person on. So an abusive person often knows how to get the other one very angry. They might irritate them until they become upset, and then they blame you for getting upset, just like we've talked about. Huh. Yeah. Okay. And so I've worked with cases where the husband provoked the wife to screaming and raging, and then he calmly points out her irrational and crazy behavior as proof that she's the problem in the marriage. This goes along with the gaslighting thing that we started with. So in in session, do you like? Can you stay calm at that point? Like, obviously, I'm not the therapist here because I would be losing it. Well, often as a therapist in this situation, I'm only working with the wife. Oh, I because see. he doesn't need help. She does. That's why she's in session. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. how she's come there. Like, I, that's not my concept for the session, but that's, I'm just saying that's how she's arrived. Or, and that's how he's thinking of it too. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Now, another abusive, emotionally abusive tactic is shame. So this is an interesting one. This can come through lectures. So an abusive person may give lectures about the other person's behavior in a way that just makes it clear that the other person is inferior. So lecturing. Uh. 
Yeah. Outbursts. This involves aspects of control as well. And I think we've alluded to this already. So not doing what an abusive person wants, it may result in an outburst of angry behavior from them. So that's a way to control you, to make you feel shame for not listening, for not paying okay. attention, for not attending to them properly. See that, that position of submission that that forces. Uh, lies. They may blatantly lie, telling you false opinions from their friends about your bad behavior. You know, even your mom can see that you're not a good housewife and has made comments to me about that, wow. right? Okay. In, or in, especially done in a way that you can't verify. Right. Uh, walkouts. Some people now in, in marital conflict, there's often a withdrawer who will leave if things get too intense. That's not what I'm talking about. But an abusive spouse, this is more severe, right? And you want to take this in the constellation of overall behaviors here. They may leave a situation rather than resolve it. So in a disagreement at home, they might remark about how the other person is crazy, puts all the blame on the other person, makes them feel ashamed so they never solve the issue, and then they just walk away. So okay. they'll leave you stewing and they just kind of bink, detach from everything. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, trivializing is another one. So let's say you had a concern with me and my behavior and I'm the abusive person and you want to talk about that. Well, I just turn around and tell you how ridiculous it is that you would even bring this up and why are you always nitpicking on me? And now there's something wrong with you because you're making a big deal out of nothing. Right, So trivializing you into feeling shame for even having brought up concern about me. So there's no chance ever to discuss what I'm doing wrong as the abuser in the relationship. That's a good sign. Like if you, if you can't get anything to stick to your spouse, mm -hmm. again, along with these other sorts of behaviors or some of them, yeah. that's a sign of like real genuine emotional abuse. Okay. Even, even though we're almost always defensive as couples, like in healthy marriages, mm -hmm. even this is like never taking responsibility. Okay. And well, I think so yeah, but sorry, before you jump in there, baby, yeah. it's not just never taking responsibility, but it's it's putting getting you in trouble for even bringing it up. Okay. Okay. Because I think even like in a, a healthy relationship, like, yeah, we can be defensive right at the time when something's mm -hmm. brought up, but you generally can think it through and mm -hmm. realize, okay, yeah, there is truth to that. Mm-hmm. I need to change something here too. And yeah, so it's not necessarily the defensiveness. It's the dumping it back on you that the problem is you that even brought it up right, and right. it's your fault. Okay. Right. Okay. So that's uh, using shame. And finally, humiliation. So this can take a number of forms. Blatant name calling. So abusive partners may blatantly call the other stupid, an idiot, other harmful names. If they're confronted, they might pass it off as just being sarcasm or emphasize the times that you called them a name back. Oh, so they just throw it back continually? Yeah, joking or sarcasm. So sometimes sarcasm can be a tool for comedic release if you both enjoy the joke, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but often abusive people will disguise their derogatory remarks as sarcasm. And then if you feel offended, they make fun of you for not having a sense of humor. So you're not allowed to have your offense either mm, Okay. of the fact that I just offended you. Okay. Harmful nicknames. Nicknames or pet names are normal in relationships, but a name that hurts is not acceptable if it harms you. Okay. Public displays. Some may openly pick fights in public only to blame you if you become angry. They could pick on the other person or openly make fun of them in a social setting, like as a way of diminuating. Is that a word? Taking you down notches, putting you down in front of others. Okay. As a way of exerting power and control. Mm -hmm. Patronizing you is like talking down to you. 
uh, so that it's sort of clear or tries to be made clear that you're not on the same level as the abuser. Mm. You're dumber, you're less educated, you're less influential, you're not as thoughtful, you're not as smart. Okay. Kind of stuff. So this isn't, like, I mean, again, in a healthy relationship, you should be able to talk about things that the Mm -hmm. other person doesn't know and... Absolutely. But that, I guess there should be coming and going on that. give and take. Give and take, yeah. It's mutual, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this isn't like, obviously you're stupid and I'm having to teach you this because I know so much more. Yeah. And this can go along with like the lecturing thing that we talked about before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I'm explaining really simple things that you should know because obviously you don't get it. So then you really start to feel like, well, maybe I don't get it. Or there's no point even telling you because you won't get it. Yeah. Okay. That's withholding information then, right? Yeah. Which is another power tactic. Uh, Insulting your appearance. There's another way of humiliating a person and eroding their self-esteem or self-worth. Comments about your weight or your body shape or postpartum changes in your body. Wow. Yep. Cheating, infidelity is a tactic to hurt or humiliate or to imply that they're highly desirable and you're not. Therefore, you're stuck with them and you're lucky to have them and you should be trying harder to please them. Oh, my dear. Yes. Just very, very brutal experience that can happen there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So if someone's listened here, Caleb, and yep. it's like, okay, yeah, this is happening. A lot of this is happening. It a doesn't lot of have this to be is all happening. of it, right? You know, I went through the um, checklist, the assessment. What now? Well- Like, I don't want to leave people with no hope. Like, sorry, you're in a really bad situation. Have a good week. Well, you can't fix the abuser. Sorry, that's not going to give you hope either. No. But there is a point in... I guess knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. So you want to study, understand, expand your awareness. So two books that I often recommend are The Verbally Abusive Relationship by Patricia Evans and uh, Why Does He Do That by Lundy Bancroft, L-U-N-D-Y, Bancroft. If it's not safe to have those physical books around you, get the Kindle app on your phone, download it to Mm -hmm. there, or go read it at a local library. Right. You can leave the book there. They're commonly available books. So you, knowledge is power, and uh, you want to do that. You want to educate yourself about abuse and what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Uh, In some cases, um, you can start to call these things out and set boundaries and insist that they stop and find ways to enforce that to to renormalize the power in your relationship. But if doing that puts you in more danger or makes it worse, then your right to safety emotionally and physically is a greater moral importance than the than staying in the marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like a human's right to life, to respect, to dignity is of, of higher value than upholding a marriage. And we're pretty strong in upholding marriages, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there's certain cases where this, yeah, the right to respect and all these things, health, being treated well, mm-hmm. takes priority over that. And so you might consider an exit plan in that case. And again, so go to oif.link slash one, two, three and start there. And then the next uh, episode and the one after that talks about knowing when you need to leave and how to leave and making a safety plan and that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there's help there. So sometimes hope comes through leaving because you can't change this person. And abusive men are most motivated to change when their spouse is not present, when they've left. Okay. And they want them back. Right. As long as you're there and you can be controlled, there's no reason for him to face his own demons, right? Yeah. Okay. That's good. Well, we want to thank those of you who became patrons between this recording and our previous one. We had Laura and M and Anthony and Julie and Mary Jo and Tom. So thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your care and thinking of others and in taking care of your own marriage and in helping us do the same. Next week, Caleb. Uh, we're talking about control issues in marriage. 
not next week, but next episode, baby. Okay. And so, I mean, some of that we talked about today, yeah. I guess, control in an abusive situation. This is not abusive, though. Okay. This is just control issues. This is just like, okay, my spouse is a little bit controlling Okay. what might be going on. Okay. Should be good. Interesting. Yep. That is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 278. Find out how you can help. Go to oif.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.